Yes, hi, hello. Fuck you, it's Gooncast. Horror garbage. I'm jams something or other. I don't give a shit anymore. Oh, that's that's our, our good buddy Saber0307 over on Twitch. Uh I'm Cat, aka the attack cat on Twitch. Um dialect designer by day, writer slash horror enthusiast by night. And I am Pazuzu. <laughs> It's your boy Lee Alder, the Valley Jester. I am I am not a Mesopotamian demon. Mm, but uh That's what they all say, Lee. Listen. <laughs> I will not expose my balls on podcasts. Okay? <laughs> well, not yours. Just oh. Neil Breen's. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. Someone has to. <laughs> yes. True. True. What's up, fuckers? <laughs> so so dig this. Uh, I know we here at the Gooncast kind of have a tendency to gloss over the things that are, you know, topical and new and big for the time so that we can focus on true pieces of art like Axum. Mm, mm-hmm, but folks, mm-hmm. today we got not one, not two, but three things that are actually still somewhat quasi-relevant. <laughs> and one of them know, were... Right? We sold out, folks! One, <laughs> one of them may surprise you. Gasp. Yes. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know which one you're talking about, actually. Well, I'm not going to um, spoil it because we're not there okay. yet, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was certainly surprised by one of them. But... Yeah. Yeah, actually. Okay. Okay. Then I do think I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, we have, uh, I mean, I don't know. We've got like a really mixed bag, I think, but at the same time, a strange through line, sort yes. of like our corn episode. Yes. Indeed. The topic would, is dead kids. I would even kids. go as far to say it, it's a it, it's a good, bad, and ugly situation. Yes, that's mm-hmm. that's a great yes. That's like that's perfect. Uh, so so first off, first up to bat, um, yeah, do you guys uh, you guys dig on patriarchies? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so. This is becoming one of our favorite things to talk about here on the Gooncast. Is this uh? This trend of taking horror franchises and breathing new life into them mm. by sucking in the same stagnant crypt air that they were buried in. It's it's ba- it's basically your pool float from like I don't know huh? five ten years ago, like a pool float that you may uh-huh. have for your pool. Okay, and it's okay. old and it's beaten down. And you should really get a new one, but you just keep fucking inflating it because you don't want to throw it away. And then it gets like a rip in it, so you like throw some tape on it. And that's the this is the Exorcist believer. It is a fucking <laughs> rank piece of shit that starts off yeah. moderately promising before devolving uh-huh. into absolute fucking dreck. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, to, to start with, I think that, you know, so this is, this is our, I think I can safely say this is our bad of our good, bad, and ugly. Um, it, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, it starts promising enough. There's, um, the, the intro scene is, um, basically like this guy and his wife is his pregnant wife are in like a third world country. And I, I want to say they're doing some kind of like religious mission stuff, but they're in Haiti. Yeah, on, on and they're talking to like basically. yeah, they're talking to locals and like they they do they interact with Sing some themselves like themselves in the culture. Yeah, they interact with some like religious or like spiritual ceremony or something like that. Um, and then a 
terrible earthquake hits and the wife is injured in such a way that the doctors are like, well, we can only, you know, the typical movie, like, you got to choose, it's your baby or your wife. And it's like, oh, shit, okay. And then we, we cut to 10 years or 12 years later and it's, you know, the guy's a single dad with his, like, teenage daughter. So it's like, oh, okay, all right, I, I see where this is going. Um, and then we basically, like, the, the entire first act is very reminiscent of the movie Prisoners. Um, insofar as it's, like, it's mostly focused on the dad and the other family trying to figure out, like, their, their two daughters have disappeared and they're trying to figure out, like, what the fuck happened. Um, and I, like, Lee and I, I feel like we're sitting there going, like, hey, this, this ain't so bad, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, the like, first act of this film is good. Yes. I yes. think it's interesting and promising, but the thing that holds me back from, from, like, really, really liking the first act is how fucking blunt and overt they were yeah. with the, the, the two girls going yeah. off into the woods and doing spooky shit. They, if if they, they just went into the woods and we had no yes. idea why, agreed. Yeah, because I I don't they, need to know that I don't need to see him fuck around with a Ouija board or whatever. Yes, they they basically like out the gate go, it's a demon, and it's kind of yeah. like, okay, we get it. We signed up for an exorcist film. We know it's gonna be a demon, but at the very least, you can kind of give me a little bit of like. A little bit of the slow burn reminiscent of the original, if yeah. you're really going to ape on the original that hard. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they don't do that. They're just like straight up like it's I, I think, yeah, they play with the Ouija board and then it's like it's really obvious that like right away it's a demon. And you're just kind of like, well, that, you know, there's there's not really an air of mystery now for this no, whole it, first act. No. It was a real quick Phasmo investigation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, they, they go out. The they go in the van, guys. <laughs> They go out into some fucking woods and, and get into a storm drain and like they're using like some candles for some seance to contact the dead mom. And then boom, they're missing. And like the investigation process and like the kids being missing and like all that stuff. It's it 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 was working. We had some strong performances and, and some mystery as to where the kids mm -hmm. are and mm -hmm. all that fun stuff. And at least yeah, for I think me, Leslie Leslie Autumn Jr., who plays uh, the lead, Victor, mm -hmm. I thought he was fucking great. Yeah, yeah. he was. He was yeah, really oh, solid. He did, he did he, a he fantastic really job. Sold, he really sold that that role of like you know helpless, desperate father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, he did. He did a really a really solid performance there. Um, but then Act Two starts. Yeah, the, the <laughs> minute the minute they find the girls for me is when the movie just falls apart. Yeah. Right. I, I want to touch on one thing before we dig back into Act 2, and that's uh, my, my two favorite words in modern Hollywood, uh, tact and subtlety. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the two kids are, are friends at school. Okay. One is white, one is black. Mm -hmm. Now, they're playing this angle of like, okay, the different ways that they're raised by their parents, the set of expectations is different. Like um, Victor and his daughter have a little bit more of like a, you know, their friends and mm -hmm. father-daughter relationship. Um, the other kid is is much more of like a, you know, you have a, a strict set of expectations as our daughter and you must yeah. reach them. And don't you hang out with that colored kid? And it's like, yeah. oh, we're already starting to get into that questionable territory. Yeah. And there's and there's also, I think, some element of like parentification with her, too. Like, like mm. she's in she's in a like she's one of like six kids or something like that. And so she's kind of like 
also expected to do house shit for them, if I remember correctly. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's got like two or three siblings, and it's yeah, it's it's it's, and, and it's, I, it's very it's it's like a very strong contrast between them, mm-hmm. where, right? Yeah. And and I ultimately don't. I ultimately don't know what the point of it was. Yeah. It felt like it was a piece on social commentary wedged into the film for no reason other than let's mm-hmm. do something socially provocative. It's, it it's was, because it was David kind of... Gordon Green thinks he's a smart writer. <laughs> yeah. It was, last tonight. it was kind of just like drama for the sake of drama. Like, oh no, both our kids are missing and like we should work together, but ooh, like I don't like you because you're not white, you know? And it's just like, I like, why you know like what it's not really you're not really saying anything by doing this and nothing kind of ever i don't know nothing ever comes of it it's kind of just like they started to play on an angle that it only lasted maybe like five or ten seconds but i thought it was an interesting approach where like when the two girls are missing and the parents are talking about it um like someone kind of insinuates like okay well you know two girls and they're really good friends and they disappeared off into the woods and they're that age mm-hmm. and it's kind and like and victor's just like oh well you know i you know i'm just more worried about getting her home safe and the other family's parents are like oh no no our daughter no no one of the gays oh god mm-hmm. no that would mm-hmm. never happen it's like they're taking like literally every angle possible for like yeah how can we how can we more accurately paint a pair of horns onto these fucking people's heads yeah yeah exactly and then yeah uh, like you could have just had a little more tact with it and i think been on to something but ultimately it led nowhere because it was just you know i guess it's just the trademark of this uh of this director yeah that that is true um and, and then, then Act Two then, is boy, basically act, uh, two. Act, uh-huh. act Two is basically speed running possession. It's, yes, it's it is the first yes. two acts of The Exorcist condensed into a single act, speed running mm-hmm. it across two characters. Two two characters, yeah. And I'm I'm sitting here trying to uh, think of a good way to segue into uh, <laughs> into our favorite line of the movie. <laughs> oh, I got I got it. Well. So this movie decides to do the whole fucking legacy sequel shit, where they uh-huh. bring back a a a a, a uh, important character from a previous one. I'd say actor, but you know, with TCM twenty twenty two, they didn't even bring back the fucking actor. <laughs> yep. Uh just Don't you a, a important that character. Oh, I, yeah, I will. I will because look, I will agree with you that TCM twenty twenty two is a worse movie, but for mm-hmm. me, Chris McNeil's handling in this movie is far worse than TCM twenty twenty two. It makes me mad because yeah. it's a fucking cameo at best. Spoilers, by the way. She's in the movie for like three minutes. <laughs> yes, yes. And she's so she's this to, old lady. Dig Ellen Burstyn out of her grave for this movie, and she's not even dead. Yes. It's it's so, good God. Basically, like at some point in the um in the single dad, in Victor's like, you know, desperation to try to figure out what's going on with his kid. Um, he runs into an ex-nun. Yeah, his neighbor. Who, his neighbor's an yeah. ex-nun who's also no, a no, nurse. No, 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 she's the, she's the, yeah, she's the nurse. Yeah. So, she, she talks to him about her, um, you know, basically, like, she's, she's clocked that, like, oh, 
it's a demon. Like your daughter's possessed. Well, yeah. And she goes. Yeah. She goes. Hey, there's this book by this like lady who went through the same thing you're going through right now. And yeah, turns out she wrote a she wrote a tell-all book about Reagan's experience, and that caused Reagan to hate her for reasons. Um, and then uh, basically Victor goes and meets up with her. And we get a little scene in her, like, beach bungalow. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure um, it was probably just Ellen Burstyn's actual house. Probably, honestly. Like, it was a little too nice for, like, I wrote an exorcism book 30 years ago, but... Um, I can't be bothered to go on set somewhere. You can just come <laughs> over here for, I don't know, an hour. I'll make you Fill sandwiches. And then you get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then... Basically, uh, at some point, they, you know, they're they're talking about like what to do, how to how to solve his daughter's uh, possession, and um, Chris McNeil says like, you know, basically like, oh, I I don't actually have like hands-on experience like exercising anyone. I didn't. I didn't. I I didn't get to see what happened with my daughter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then and then he, he like the the guy go, asks like, oh, like why why was that? And she tells him. If you ask me, I think it was their damn patriarchy. Uh, <laughs> and it's, and it's, like, uh, it's like, ma'am, two priests died to save your daughter. Can you can you chill a little? <laughs> like this is this is it's such a fucking insult to the original movie it's, and the original it's character. It's so insulting because it's like it's like literally they didn't keep you out of the room because they're like oh, a woman in our exorcism. They kept you out of the room because they're like. Hey, there's a demon in your daughter, and if it gets out, it might kill you. Yeah, we're not equipped for this situation. Yeah, like, like it might kill us, and we are equipped for this situation. Yeah, or so, or like, because of the fact that it it's your does kill them because it's your daughter. You might do something stupid, uh -huh. like undo the straps, like uh -huh. we see in all of these other fucking shitty exorcist knockoffs or whatever. Every every shitty exorcist knockoff is like the dad's in the room, and he's like, "Not my baby," and he yeah. like unties her chains and then gets his neck snapped. So it's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe don't. Maybe just, maybe stay outside, guys. Yeah, it, it's, it's really fucking dumb, what, especially. Wait, you're gonna go? We're gonna, you're gonna go do surgery on her next? Like Ugh, the, the, the surgeons and their damned patriarchy. The, the <laughs> movie me out of scrubs. The movie honestly feels like it. It doesn't know that Chris McNeil was like an atheist, and like exorcism was literally her last fucking resort in the original movie, and that even when she asks to get an exorcist an exorcism the priest tells her no take her to a psychiatrist and it's like no she's at her her wit's end this is like her last possible fucking chance cuz yeah. cuz when i say this movie speed runs the exorcist possession shit it really does mm -hmm. that within like 5 yeah. minutes of the girls coming home they're already doing creepy spooky shit and the parents mm -hmm. of the, the the white girl like she's possessed by a demon and then the, <laughs> the nurse neighbor is like she's possessed by a demon like yeah, it, it is yeah. just a cliff notes version of the first yeah. movie and here's yeah. the problem you are speed running what to me is the best part of any exorcism movie yeah you you know you establish the victim you establish the ritual you know the inciting event you know mm -hmm. give that a good 20 30 minutes and then i want the bulk of a good exorcism movie to be like an hour of shit mm -hmm. just getting incrementally worse yes. and worse and yes. worse but until like, a big it. deserved payoff. In mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas build it this, up. 
this condensed that whole building, you know, the stakes process into like a 25 minute portion in the center of the movie. It's like the yeah. best part of any zombie outbreak movie mm -hmm. to me is not the big final like let's stock up on weapons and ammo and and make a yeah. fight and no the best shit in a zombie film is the early stages of the yep. outbreak yeah when it's oh shit yeah. you know what's all the news outlets are reporting mm -hmm. trouble and who do i trust and mm -hmm. you know oh my yeah, neighbor getting... jimmy's chewing on my leg like <laughs> why yeah, would you're you getting you're getting the slow yeah exactly you're getting the slow build-up to the the shit hitting the fan not Correct. just not just constant shit being thrown at a fan <laughs> yeah so this N not yeah, not this to mention a too misguided plot structure not yeah. not even just also the misguided plot structure but a misguided setup in the first place because mm -hmm. the because yes. it's it's doing it's speed running two different possessions because we, 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 so it's like, mm. there's very little mm -hmm. fucking character development. There's very little yeah. build up. It's doing twice the amount of work. And like, one of the things that, which I find really ironic with this particular movie is the fact that when, when William Peter Blady was trying to get Exorcist 3 off the ground, right? The producers of one studio, or maybe it was even Morgan Creek, I don't know, but just one group of producers who he approached to get it off the ground were trying to convince him to make a sequel where Reagan is now an adult woman who gives birth to twins and the twins are both possessed. Because twice the, twice the demons, twice the exorcisms, you oh know, twice the possessions. And William Peter Blady basically told him to fuck off because it's a fucking stupid idea. And now here we are, 30 fucking years later, <laughs> and they're doing two-girl possession again. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and then Chris so anyway, McNeil gets her eyes gouged out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris McNeil um goes to their house, immediately is like, like, I'll walk in the room and talk to the demon. She um oh, oh my God. she tries oh. to exorcise it by exercise it by invoking the name of her daughter, which, you know, is written in all of the exorcism rights. That's yeah. uh all the that's ancient thing. text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um and then it it yeah, it gouges her eyes out and she spent and we cut to her in the hospital for a scene of her being like I'm connected to the girls now and then we never see her again. <laughs> what you see it's such a powerful invocation. They can't just flagrantly use it like back mm -hmm. remember back in the day when people said Nero was possessed by the devil and that's why he played mm -hmm. the fiddle while Rome burned? Mm. Well, I, no one was there to invoke the name of Reagan to stop oh him. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> Rome burned because no one could invoke the holy name wow. of Reagan. Like, it, it, it really wow. feels like it's just shoehorned in. You, this could have easily been any generic exorcism, exorcism movie. Yeah. And then they crowbarred in Chris McNeil mm -hmm. for five minutes of fucking screen time. Yeah. To make it thing, appear like, to be a legacy sequel. Yeah. And here's the thing, like, each... Oh, okay. And I, I will I will preface by saying, so far, because Act, Act 1 is actually pretty good. Act 2 loses its footing a lot, but also isn't, like, complete garbage. And we're going to get into Act 3 in a minute. But basically, like, the first two acts, you can just... You can already just say that, like... I'm gonna say it, it's better than, like, 90% of the fucking exorcism bullshit that, like, 
comes out onto streaming services like sure you know like yeah there's there's a couple there's a couple of really good ones james and i have you know talked about before like uh the one that's the courtroom case the last exorcism right or like oh uh, that's the exorcism, exorcism emily, emily rose. rose yeah 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 so that one and then there's like there's a couple of them that the last are exorcism good, with uh, patrick fabian is, is fantastic yeah, until yes, it stops yes. being good yes for the last correct. five minutes of the movie correct yes but but like it's that like most of them are complete fucking trash and so this already like if they had just focused if if we didn't have chris mcneil show back up in the middle of act two to be like aha i'm the expert um if we didn't have that this would have already been a better exorcism movie than like 90 percent of exorcism movies it's just you need to like you needed to focus on what it was like lee was saying be like tactful and you know just kind of like build up those two things and you know maybe sort of pay off the drama that you've set up already with like you know the the actual real world like racism and shit you know like you could do that if you didn't just be like "Ah, it's an exorcism sequel she she just felt so incredibly out of place like i feel like when Mm -hmm. when the first halloween remake did this uh or you know uh, legacy sequel whatever did yeah. this with um with Lori, it felt appropriate it felt cool yeah you know? the, 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 the story was centered around her right exactly it's then this not was just, just some wedging, this was just wedging ellen burston into it and i'm sorry if i wanted to watch ellen burston just like meandering around set like she's <laughs> you know uh, like she's on the verge of a mental emotional breakdown i'll mm-hmm. just watch requiem for a dream <laughs> yeah the only I don't uh, need to watch this. For the me. only the, the only net benefit of Ellen yeah. Burstyn's inclusion in this movie is her condition to do the movie was a fuck ton of money, which she then promptly used to establish a scholarship for young actors going to school. And it's like yeah. that is something yeah. that actually is nice, a nice thing yes. to come out of this movie. Yeah, the bag, no, honey. I, I I was just about to say, get that bag, girl, because right. yeah, I'm slay queen. I'm I am I am very glad that that she turned it into something yeah. so good because man if it was just that and it was just this glorified cameo of like she didn't want to do it she got dragged into it she didn't fucking get anything out of it I would have been like oh yeah no she Fuck, girl she, you deserve so much better <laughs> she had turned down every single exorcist offer in the past yeah. and the mm. thing that is upsetting though is like even though this is a good thing like a net net benefit right this could she's 90 years old this could be one of her last fucking performances getting her eyes gouged out in a shitty exorcist sequel Mm -hmm. i'm so mad yeah yeah all right but so then act three guys (laughs) oh yeah act three oh yeah it's it's the school everybody has to hold hands yeah so So yeah if if you're if your whole if your whole movie is leading mm-hmm. up to an or you know a, an ornate elaborate exorcism set piece um you want to at least make sure you're doing that right mm-hmm. <laughs> and um <laughs> not whatever the fuck this was so this movie because i mean again you, you, it's i guess it's like a catholic demon it's like p- Pazuzu, the filmmakers, I guess, called it Pazuzu's girlfriend. I can't even remember the name of the fucking demon in this movie. I don't even think they say it in the fucking movie itself. cousin twice removed. Anyways, it's, I guess it's supposed to be a fucking Catholic demon. They never really identify what domination it's fucking from. 
But they're like, no, the only way to stop this is because there's exorcisms in every culture. So we need to get every culture's exorcists here. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, so, are you fucking kidding me? So they assemble the fucking exorcist Avengers. Okay, viewers, I need you to paint this picture in your mind. You've got, you've got like a Haitian sorceress. Okay, you've got Drew Carey. And you've got, for yeah, all intents and purposes, <laughs> Joel Osteen. Yeah, yes, yes. So they they bring in a priest. <laughs> they bring in a priest very briefly and immediately body him. And it was the funniest oh, no, thing. Oh, oh no, no, Pat, Pat, Pat. The priest has to dip at first. He's yes. sitting outside on the front yes. lawn yes. crying. Because he's yeah. not allowed to go in, and then he goes in anyway, and they yeah. immediately CGI break his neck. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was really funny. <laughs> for those of you, for those of you thinking about watching this, who are familiar with the Exorcist franchise, Don't. okay, I, I love Exorcist three. I think Exorcist three is my favorite mm-hmm. in the series. Mm. And Act three, they bring in the biggest hitter of all time. They bring in this bad motherfucker straight from the Catholic Church. Like he's he swings his way into the fucking insane asylum. He's beating the demon with his dick. It's it's incredible. And then they try to like recapture that feeling in this movie of like, okay, let's bring in the word of God. Let's bring in his holy right hand down here in person to cast judgment on evil. And they murk this poor dude in like 15 seconds. Oh yeah. Yep. Also, also yep. too, when, when, holy Christ. when he refuses to do it, um, nurse neighbor ex nun is given the task to fill his, 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 his place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, they're like, they're like, it's a good close, close enough. Yeah. Our, never our, made it past. Our our might, might as well, <laughs> might as well stick uh, fucking in the failed cleric. <laughs> might as well stick fucking Chris McNeil in a wheelchair and wheel her into the house so she can continue to fucking ineptly go in the name of my daughter. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Anyways, this is all building up to a big stupid reveal where they're like, hey, you get to choose. One girl lives. Mm-hmm. One girl dies. Oh my god, and, you guys, it's just like the beginning of the movie. And 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 naturally, you know, like the, the dad Sophie's the, choice. The, the, the Leslie or Jr., he's like, No, I'm not gonna make a choice. And the mom of the white girl is like, No, I'm not gonna make a choice. And the demon starts doing spooky shit. And it's like, uh-huh. ooh, is, all the daughters are in pain, even though like it seems like uh-huh. the exorcism is working. It seems like it's actually working. Potentially, the demons are vomiting maybe. gas onto the ceiling or something. And yeah. then, and yeah. then the dad, yeah. the dad from the other room. <laughs> and again, this is why you don't let the loved ones in the room during an exorcism. Yep. The dad from the other room goes, "I choose my daughter." And then the mm. demons like, "Oopsie Daisy, by choose I mean you choose who <laughs> what, dies." Wait, James, I I need your trademark giggle. The like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The demon goes, and, and, and drags the chosen daughter to hell. Yeah. Literally, it looks like the set that she shows up in looks like the fucking, the same fucking hallway set from the new Hellraiser. Yeah. Like, it looks Just identical. Water in it. Yeah, and she, she gets fucking, like, you know, dragged down by demons, presumably to be tortured for all eternity. Or, you know, until the sequel comes out where they go to hell to rescue her. 
Because we know it's fucking coming. <laughs> yeah, no, Universal paid four hundred just... million for this shit. Mm-hmm. You should have just you should have just bridged the two multiverses. You know, bring this bring this whole legacy sequel franchise right in line with the Conjuring verse. Mm. Bring in <gasps> bring in Father Tuco. In. <laughs> Br- no, bring in Raymond Cruz as Father fucking Tuco from Curse there of La Llorona, and just beat the piss out of these little girls and just <laughs> fucking punch the nine year old in the face, and the demon will fly out of her. Have this thing wrapped up in twenty minutes, and then and, the, and then we're and then getting smoke a bunch of meth. We're getting <laughs> we 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 get like the big big fucking stupid wrap up, where like the families are trying to rebuild and move on, and we get fucking stupid monologuing, and then we cut to fucking old lady Ellen Burstyn sitting in a fucking hospital room, and the door opens up, and she's like, "Oh, who's there?" And fucking it's oh it's Linda Blair it's for her cool. Linda Blair for her obligatory I ten know. second cameo. No, I and clapped. It's, it's just... I clapped when I saw her. And there's gonna be two more of these fucking things. Uh, yep. Now hold on. Here's an actual. Here, I got a question here. I I mm. I didn't pre-ask this to to James before the podcast. Do you know, uh, through any of the news grapevines or anything? If this is underperforming so much, they're just going to scrap the sequel. No, because it 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 it's it's a Bloomhouse movie. God damn it! Of course it is. It was made Fuck. for comp- it was made on the cheap. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like here here uh-huh. here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like outside of the fact that Universal bought, they spent four hundred million dollars on buying the rights to do a uh-huh. trilogy. So it they 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 almost feel obligated probably to do this, right? This movie's budget was 30 million, which is on the higher end of a Bloomhouse production, right? This movie has already made in its one month out in theaters 132 million dollars. So yeah, it's it's entirely possible like like its marketing budget was obscene, but like let's even just be generous and say like okay its marketing budget was 60 million dollars right so like overall production cost 90 million that means it still mm-hmm. made 40 million fucking dollars mm-hmm. it's there there's most likely going to be a sequel whether or yeah. not uh it's going to involve david gordon green and and danny mcbride who the fuck mm-hmm. knows they were contracted for all three films but who the fuck knows mm-hmm. uh but the Exorcist Deceiver is still on the way for a 2025 release date. Oh boy, the body and the blood, the body and the blood, the body, body and the blood, the body and the blood. Oh great. Anyway, speaking of dead kids, cool. let's talk about Five Nights shit, at Freddy's. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah. All right. So this one was surprising for us. Yeah. So actually. so we were we were originally gonna do this as like a, a big group viewing in the goon, goon in my Discord. And we still ended up doing that. We still did. But after we watched The Exorcist Believer, I was kind of like jonesing and being like, you know what? Let's have a double dose of garbage. Mm. Let's like, I'm just throwing this on now. And and, and Kat and Lee were were like, like, fuck "Fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. I definitely was also like, yeah, you know what? I kind of liked the movie. (laughs) I don't kind of like it. I no. like this movie. I, I there's there's <laughs> elements of this it. Had no right to be good. <laughs> no, it had no right to be good. It's way better than I expected. There's elements mm-hmm. of it that that I wasn't too keen on, but for the most part, it's 
way fucking better than it had any fucking right to be. Yes. Way that, fucking that is, better. That is 100% true. It, it feels like a passion project. It, exactly. It feels like it's it's one of those it's one of those movies where you can so like I I personally have almost no exposure to Five Nights at Freddy's as a franchise. It just it never interested me at all. Um and it just like kind of passed me by. I didn't even really watch like Markiplier and like, you know, all the YouTubers who played it. I just it, it just was never interesting to me. Um but you can tell that it's like super interesting to these filmmakers and like they put they put so much like care and consideration into every like yeah there's a ton of jank to it but like it's jank that feels like it's there for a purpose you know it's like it's like yeah somebody really 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 liked doing like like they liked making this it also had love it also feels like a film out of its time it feels like a family or kids movie from the mid 80s Back before everything was like sandblasted to shit and overly sanitized, because this movie has yeah. some shocking violence to it. Yes, like, it does. Like, out, like excluding the premise of fucking dead kids haunting spooky robots mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a fucking late spoilers, but somebody gets bisected. Yeah, it's somebody it's gets aw- fucking eaten. It's, and yeah, like, yeah. You see it through shadow, but you then mm-hmm. see their lower torso slam and hit the ghoul. Ground. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's in shadow a bit, so like you can't see the gore all that well. But it, God damn, it honestly, kill, and it was yeah. like it was visceral. It, it was fucking it was, great. It was better than any kill that we saw in Exorcist Believer, of which there was one. <laughs> I think it's my kill of the year. That's my yeah. that's my golden chainsaw to, oh, to throw damn. dead meat out there. That's my golden chainsaw for the year. Yeah. Oh, fuck. So it's it's like the, the the movie is basically kind of like a mix of various lore elements from what I can gather, predominantly being based off of the first game. We got uh, Mike Schmidt, who's played by that guy from The Hunger Games. Uh, the guy who has a whole like fan fiction written about like being on an island with him. Trapped in an island with Josh Hutcherson. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he's 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 Mike Schmidt, the security guard, and he's got a younger sister who, um, I, I remember I mentioned this to Lee on our second viewing, where I theorized that he might actually be adopted, Mike's character. Mm, okay. Uh, I, I forgot exactly why, but anyways, when he was a kid, his younger brother was abducted by uh, uh spooky mcgillicuddy we don't know who and and this entire time he's just like staring at a poster of north dakota and being all like i'm gonna i'm gonna uh 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 dream of uh of of uh of, of that stuff of like that that moment to try to like remember stuff I'm gonna, uh, yeah i'm gonna use inception to go back into the woods of like yeah like fucking nebraska or something yeah mm-hmm. and and he has to uh oh my god it is basically an inception he, jesus christ he winds <laughs> up getting a job through through matthew lillard to work mm-hmm. to work as a security guard at five nights at freddy's and then you know spooky spooky stuff happens as he tries spooky to figure stuff. out who adapt who who abducted his, his younger kid brother and uh and uh figure out he's, the mystery of the spooky trying, puppets his yeah his main kind of focus in the movie is trying to keep 
custody of his younger sister because he's got yeah. a a very um a cartoonishly evil aunt who's like yeah. yeah you're not fit to be a parental unit yeah she's twirling the mustache she's she's fucking auntie ethel mm. from baldur's gate it's <laughs> yeah. she's gnarly all right I, fa- yeah. I found the thing that i sent lee and it's specifically i i don't remember who he was saying it to but Mike says, in regards to the, 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 about his younger sister, her mother, as opposed mm. to our mother. Mm. And like, because in, in, I know in FNAF lore, Mike Schmidt is actually William Afton's son. So he's technically fucking mm. uh, Matthew Lillard's kid. Or at least that's the running theory, I think. I don't fucking know. Okay. It's a fucking tire fire. But it doesn't. It doesn't. It the the, the, lore, the lore is a a guideline in this movie. Yeah. If if you're a purist of this series, you know going into it that if you're wanting a one to one adaptation of the game's lore, you're not going to get no, it. No, you're not getting mm-hmm. that. Like we're we're like doing the events the of the first. Yeah, we're doing the events of mostly the first film here with references to the second and third, and then a character straight out of the latest game, Security Breach, who is just mm. completely out of time frame, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and even, like, William Afton himself shows up, even though by the first game he's been dead for, like, a couple years at least? Maybe ten years? I don't who, who fucking cares? He's, it's a mm-hmm. fucking... It's, it's insanity. He's got to work at this, 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 this closed-down pizzeria and the animatronics... Are haunted by spooky dead kids who uh, mm. who will like saw mutilate people and mm. and b- butcher people, and uh, he thinks that somehow he can figure out what happened with his baby brother. And meanwhile, the dead kids are like, "Hey, hey, your younger sister's kind of fun. We want her. Yeah, we want to murder her. Mm-hmm. Ever join us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll tell you what happened to your." Totally not dead brother. If you join us, if you let, if you give it to us, and it's like, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a it, it's 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 fun. It's 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 that's 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 the main takeaway for me. It's the, fun. The plot's flimsy, and it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. a movie like this doesn't need it to really be like no no this this hard rigid plot. You know, yeah. give the kid a reason to be in the fucking spooky restaurant. Throw some goons in there. Yeah. I mean, yep. that's why the angle with the aunts, even there, it's not yeah. really because we have any fear over, like, is Mike going to keep custody mm-hmm. of his sister? Like, no one gives a fuck about it's that. It's literally the, to throw bodies. The at... aunt is there to just <laughs> supply the animatronics with mm-hmm. bodies. Uh-huh. And, oh, boy, do they get supplied. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Couple are off screened, but the ones that uh, the ones that aren't are surprisingly bloody and graphic for a PG-13 yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a killer cupcake who chews people's faces off. It's fucking great. Mm-hmm. The, the movie thing that opens I like with about a dude strapped to a chair and a saw machine yeah. is going into his face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who was I, apparently I, originally supposed to be Markiplier's yes, cameo? Who was supposed to be Markiplier, which mm-hmm. um, good move not having that work out because I think that would have yeah. like, killed the immersion a little bit. Yeah, there's other good. shameless cameos in the movie that range from inoffensive to really glaringly obvious but uh-huh. you know for the most part i'll excuse it because this movie kind of exists just because of internet memedom yeah i was gonna say like i don't think five nights of phrase would be anywhere near as popular as it is without those streamers so it is right. kind of like you know pay homage to where homage is due <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like this movie is okay this is god i'm gonna sound so old and i don't mean it this way but 
this movie is kind of not meant for our generation. This movie is mm. meant for, yeah. you know, like 10 years younger than us. Their impressions of the internet were different. They were raised yeah. on Minecraft. I was raised in the dark waters of 4chan. Okay. It's, <laughs> God. I'm not the intended audience yeah. here, but I'm still able to watch something like this and be like, yo, for a PG-13 horror movie, pretty fucking good. Mm -hmm. And I'm only going to say it once because I don't want my entire review of this film to revolve around it. So I'm just going to say it once and get it done with, I fucking love matthew lillard oh yeah he's great i love this yeah. man so yeah. much and he's he amazing killed it he killed he it channeled his unhinged 13 ghosts energy yeah he and did it was brilliant yeah now yeah, i'm did. gonna try not to say anything else about matthew lillard <laughs> for the rest of this review okay sure um yeah i mean back to your point about um it not being made for our generation i <laughs> i actually i did see somebody like tweeting or something in reaction to um, this movie basically saying like, yeah, it's not a diehard horror movie fan horror movie. It's a like your teenage kids first introduction to horror movie, right? Like yeah. it is it is literally it's horror that's made to be digested by young kids who maybe did grow up on Five Nights at Freddy's as like, you know, the, the YouTube videos they'd have on in the background as, you know, just growing up. Right. And it's yeah. just like that's. That's oh it. Yeah, God. that's basically it. 100%. Like the, the fathers and mothers of the kids who are going to take their kids to see this are mm -hmm. the ones who like got raised on gremlins. Yes. And yes. Like, oh, this exactly. is a kid's movie, but it's kind exactly. of fucking scary. It's today's gremlins, basically. Yeah, that's I like that's that. It. Yeah. And I, I gotta I gotta throw some love out there for the way that they integrated the gameplay into this movie, because for those of you out there who've not played FNAF um, mm -hmm. or like watched any of the, you know, Scream compilations is basically all they are. Um, your character is just situated in a control room of a security office. And all you're doing is pulling levers and watching cameras. That's the entire game. That's it. But this movie still found a way to incorporate little bits of that into the kills and the scares and the narrative with direct callbacks to the game of like looking up into the cameras when like there should be no way that they know you're looking at the camera at that moment that they're glaring at it you know great little mm -hmm. like if you get it you understand it sort of moments mm -hmm. and it just pushes this whole love letter narrative it's this Absolutely. is just this is just, you know, made with made with a lot of care and attention. You know, sure, mm -hmm. it's gonna miss the mark for people who don't give a shit about the source material. Yeah. You know, like I've you know, I've got all the I've got all the IMDBs pulled up, you know, when we do this podcast so that I know mm -hmm. actors and directors and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And of everything that we're talking about, this has the lowest IMDB rating. Mm -hmm. Which is fucking wild. Yeah. It's it's currently ranked number one popularity mm -hmm. it's actually shot topping the chart of imdb right now for people who are talking about this or reviewing it or interested in it mm -hmm. and it's the lowest rated but yeah it, it ain't for everybody yeah exactly that's that's the thing is like i can i i think maybe i might be in that camp if i hadn't watched with you two who actually do know some of the lore stuff Okay. Because I think I might have been a little bit more like lost. Because I I remember asking a couple questions while we were watching, being like, "Who mm -hmm. the fuck is that?" or like, "What like what does that mean?" or you know, blah blah blah. And to be fair, sometimes the answer to those questions were, "I eh, don't worry about it." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, for the most part, I didn't. And like, it was still it was still a fun ride. But 
I could very easily see somebody getting um, maybe a little bogged down in like um, in some of the details, I think. And, you know, to uh, to also kind of like not just sing this movie's praises, because I will say it's definitely not like a perfect movie. It's not going to end up on like my top 10 list. Um, it's just it's just good. And it's an enjoyable time. Um, and this is something I never thought I would say about any horror movie ever. But due to the nature of the source material, I feel like it was actually kind of a very big missed opportunity. And that is that there are very few jump scares in the movie. Yes. And yeah, and the ones that they do have are pretty good. Um, but given that the the whole game is just predicated on like, that is that is the game, you know, it's it's basically jump scares the game. I was kind of like, you know, I, I, I sort of feel like that's a bit of a missed opportunity that you could have really taken that horror trope and kind of, you know, done like, something with like, it. Well, just really pushed it because that's like your whole shtick, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. Just really make it like, don't don't overdo it. But you could have, you know, really done something. Yeah. That it's, Five it's... Nights at Freddy's was one of the two games that sort of pushed this whole subculture in Let's Plays and, you know, YouTube gaming and everything of mm-hmm. watching people's reactions just to have the shit scared out of them. You watched mm-hmm. Five Nights at Freddy's playthroughs to see people get jump scared, and you mm-hmm. watched Amnesia playthroughs just for people being, like, really unsteady and uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh-huh, yes. Those were the two games that kind of, like, pushed that whole thing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you kind of have an expectation going into this of, oh, God, all the scares are going to be jump scares. Mm-hmm. And instead, the movie just tried not to really overtly scare you that much instead the only the only only three jump scares that i can distinctly remember are all non-jump scares where nothing happens and it's just oh balloon boy suddenly there uh no the only overt jump scare was the cupcake jumping at the kid's face i thought there was also one with foxy uh probably well he yeah he he was he was standing at the other end of the hallway and then he was like scatting and then yes by scatting we mean musically not shitting all over the place i think that counts but yeah i there's there's a particular shot that i really really dug where it's like the first real jump scare that they're playing for that effect of you know one of the one of the young hooligans is about to get killed chica appears and has the cupcake who's this little animatronic asshole Mm -hmm. and jumps at the kid's face and we immediately cut to a shot of another goon throwing a chair through a pane of glass and just something about the timing of it was so snappy that you just imagined the impact of that chair smashing through the glass being the cupcake smashing into that kid's face and chewing it off (laughs) and between that and the bisection, which were like within five minutes of each other, mm-hmm. that's when I just took a step back and I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Oh, no. I like this movie. <laughs> oh, no. It's yeah. actually doing things. Yeah. It's not just jump scares. It's, it's <laughs> also... It, it actually subverted my expectations. It's, well, it's, it's incredibly well shot. Yes, it's really oh, strong yeah. cinematography. It was, it was actually sh- like it shocked us. I remember, like, I think you literally said in the middle of like us watching, being like, "Wow, why is the cinematography so good on this?" Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, the animatronic effects are really fucking goddamn solid. 
Yeah, uh, and like yeah. They, they, they knocked yeah. it out of the park. The audio design for the animatronics was really, oh my really God. fucking solid. Yeah, the audio design was was they really felt killer. chunky. Yes, they felt yes. heavy. Yeah, there were only a couple of instances where I remember like hearing like way too many like mechanical sounds and for for the movement, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it was like ooh, like this like. God, it's it's giving so much weight and like the other like thing, real presence to the thing. Yeah. The other thing too that I read was uh, uh, they actually built two versions of the animatronics. For for mm. one was the oh. the standing puppet, and in instances where they needed to do something that was like a little more movie and whatnot, it mm. was a man in a suit. Hey. Fuck yeah. Yeah. There you go. Can't beat the classics, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very 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 effective. Hell yeah. So yeah, go 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 watch FNAF. Surprisingly, yeah. or don't. I don't fucking yeah. care anymore. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll I'll give a review of watch it. I I dug mm-hmm. this movie. I, yeah, yeah, way more than I thought I would, and not just because of Matthew Lillard. Yeah, although yes. he's great. That that was the that was the hook for me. But oh uh, yeah, everything else was the movie. The movie delivered. So. Anyway, speaking of dead kids. <laughs> oh my God, boys! It's the nun. Two. <laughs> oh boy it's the nun too time for the ugly you yes. see for me it's yes. it, for me it's just it's the good the ugly and the ugly <laughs> uh well, you yeah. don't you don't you don't think that the uh you didn't think that the exorcist believer was bad no the exorcist believer is ugly i hate <laughs> both of, i hate both of these movies True. i will say though even though it's in our ugly slot uh Cinematography was pretty good for for the nun yes. too. Uh, um, I I I agree with part of that because in a lot of yeah. shots it was too fucking dark and shot, I couldn't yes, see shit. Yes, the shots that were too dark were the typical. Stop making your fucking movies so fucking dark. But there was a lot of like really like nice lighting choices in some. In some. Shots. So yeah. if 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 you missed the previous episode earlier this year, we were mostly pleasantly surprised but not necessarily enthused with the first I nun you, i think you two liked it more than i did yeah I had, I had seen it before and i had seen it solo and it was i was angry I, I with was, the film for not being terrible or not living up yeah. to its promise yeah i think i maybe oversold how bad it was a little bit. Of it. Like, yes. it has the potential to be something really cool. It, it, yeah, it and also, it's mostly just boring. <laughs> it's mostly it's just boring. As, it's not as boring as La Llorona, which I think is also, to its benefit, we partnered those two movies together, so it was like, wow, yeah. The Nun is pretty good in comparison. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, if if you've seen The Nun, you've basically seen this movie. Because <laughs> it's mostly the same fucking movie, but... Yeah. It even has less of a reason to exist because it's it's a stopgap movie, basically. It's 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 kind of like those uh those 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 shitty shitty you, you know that's 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 what it is. It's basically like one of those shitty Hellraiser sequels that they 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 arbitrarily make just to keep the the rights to the franchise. But the yeah. key difference is they own this franchise right out, mm-hmm. so like so it doesn't. What's the rush? Like it, because this movie literally has no point. It serves no point because, and there's there's no new piece of information given for like the wider Conjuring universe. The whole thing is, oh, Frenchie's possessed by the nun, but we knew that by watching the Conjuring one, and we knew that by watching the nun one, and 
we know he's not going to be unpossessed. Not that that's a word or anything, but like he's not going to get exercised because he's still possessed in the conjuring. Unless, you know, they make none three, none harder, where he gets repossessed as, as you were you were quipping, Kat. Uh, he's he's still possessed. Uh, what I'm hoping what I'm hoping is that there are four more sequels. The o- the only- during which time Frenchie gets possessed in every single one of them and exercised in every single one of them until the final sequel, he gets repossessed by Valak so that we directly tie into the beginning of the conversation. You know what? He, you know what? That's going to be the exorcism. They have to get him yeah. repossessed by Valak to push out another demon. There you, there go. you go. Perfect. But yeah, the, the, the only noteworthy bit of information we get is the one character that Lee and I liked from the previous movie, Father Burke, the one who had potential, they decided to go, nah, lol, he died off screen due to cholera. Yeah, he died yes. off screen to yep. cholera. Yeah. In between yep. movies. It's just not, yep. fuck you. I don't know the reason, like, I don't know if they reached out to him and he was like, no, nah, I don't want to do another nun movie. <laughs> no, or, not him. No, I, I found my dignity. Or they, they, they asked him and he asked for too much money or maybe they just from the get go yeah. were like, hey, let's not bring him back. <laughs> I don't he fucking asked for know. Money, period. <clears throat> They're like, oh no, we want you for free. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but they already killed off the one character that I was interested in, and instead we're focusing on the Farmiga sister again, and mm-hmm. Frenchie in uh-huh. in dual plots that eventually converge about mm-hmm. the nun going across Europe and murdering people, because the nun barely mm-hmm. did the nun like. At like the, one one of the, one of the criticisms I had with the first nun, which I will say that this movie improved upon, even though we kind of hate this movie more than the first nun, is that mm-hmm. outside of like the opening suicide scene at the start of the nun, the nun didn't do anything. The nun just kind of yeah, like yes. was walking around and being oh. spooky and loud. Oh, in this one, in this one, in the first like twenty minutes, she fucking she flambes a priest and snaps a child's neck, and we were like, fuck yeah, sold, yeah. <laughs> The Nun is actually, like, killing people. It almost feels yeah. like a slasher movie. But, you yeah. know, instead of having, like, a, a fun slasher villain, it's just the stupid CGI shark monster um, and occasionally a furry in blackface. Um, Bear with us. He's right. Yeah. Like, it's... it's and, and, oh, and also, if, if you've seen the movie or seen the promos... For Bloomhouse's Truth or Dale, Dare with those like shitty CGI smiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for whatever reason, they give that to the nun in a bunch of scenes, and it's like the worst. Oh, the promos? I've seen the movie, James. I haven't seen the movie. I've just seen the, the, the trailer, and I saw how terrible the smiles are. Oh, man. And it's it a, looks awful. It's a pretty mediocre movie. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because the, the, the only thing that boggles me Mm-hmm. Bog- boggles my mind is like I know there's other movies with the truth or dare sub like name or whatever mm-hmm. yes but the fact that it's the official title is Bloomhouse's truth or dare mm-hmm. that they're taking ownership of it and it's like mm-hmm. why 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 of all movies why not Bloomhouse's because I think Bloomhouse's Bloomhouse did it Bloomhouse's happy death day to you or or Bloomhouse's whiplash. Why truth or dare of all fucking things? Anyways, yeah. um, the nun basically faffs around for two fucking hours, occasionally <laughs> murking people, 
and mm-hmm. and and uh, they they try to build up more sympathy for Frenchie because he's like working at a school and there's some Stephen King bullies and who bully, um, who bully the adults bully for him. once yeah which was pretty great and um, <laughs> he's he's trying to he's forming this this friendship with one of the girls named Sophie and like oh it's super cute and wholesome and then their soundtrack choices like really start to imply it's a more romantic like grooming situation which is weird really feels inappropriate it feels really weird (laughs) especially considering like the movie is also implying that he has he and sophie's mom who's a teacher at the school have a romantic relationship so it's like Mm -hmm. what the fuck Uh is going on by the way this is from the director of uh, conjuring three and curse of law your own and it'd give you the idea mm-hmm. of, of the talent behind the, the camera so one more time but... bring in father Tuco yeah. to <laughs> handle this situation and and it's but then but then the screenwriting team yeah. is akala cooper who did malignant and then the two writers behind the autopsy of jane doe which was like one of our really favorite really good movies. although so i it's did just like I did recently. I did also find out that apparently mm-hmm. one of those two writers from from Autopsy of Jane Doe mm-hmm. wrote a bunch of episodes of Fear the Walking Dead, which I hear is fucking terrible. Oh. So yeah, that's rough. maybe yeah. in that particular screenwriter's case, he he lucked mm-hmm. out. But yeah, that doesn't perhaps. explain the other guy. But I can't find any information on the other guy because he doesn't have a Wikipedia page for some reason. And mm-hmm. I'll be damned if I go to IMDb. <laughs> sure. But um, yeah, the nun the nun faffs about and once p- appears as a shark. Yeah. Kind of. There also oh god, yes. That was literally that moment might like we we she looked like Morbius. She looked a little she looked like a terrible CGI shark. It's going to go down like in my history as one of my favorite. You know, I I'm looking <laughs> at that screenshot. CGI. I'm looking at the screenshot that Lee posted. Uh-huh. Maybe it's just my monitor, but I like it's so fucking dark too. Like it's, you can barely really fucking dark, see yes. anything. And even yeah. this this shit post image that Lee yeah. made of instead yeah. of the stupid shitty CGI smile, it's Trudeau and blackface. Ah, uh, <laughs> it's so I fucking dark. You can't see anything. It's so see it's so anything. dark except for Trudeau. <laughs> I, I doctored it up. I I didn't yeah. slap the face on there. I of I, course. I did of some course. touch-ups. Yeah, but but the movie itself is just it's so like everything is dark. Look, um, my my lack of input on this movie is mm-hmm. strictly because there's nothing to remark upon. When when Saber is saying that there's no point to this film, mm-hmm. we mean that objectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there's is no point. No reason for a movie to exist at this point in the timeline because yes. nothing is going to change yes, it, it, yes. and it's so instead what you, we have is yeah. like spooky hallway sequence after spooky mm-hmm. hallway sequence mm-hmm. accentuated it's, by it's every kind of... 20 minutes or so a kill that got surprisingly brutal and we yeah. went oh gnarly nice like okay yeah. burned the priest cool killed uh-huh. the child yeah an elderly woman got beaten to death uh-huh. with like, an incense by a, burner by a and ghost then, kid <laughs> and by a child and mm-hmm. then crushed with a hook and we're like yeah rock on why uh-huh. can't more shit be happening in this movie? And then we just go mm-hmm. back to Frenchie just being French Canadian. Yeah, yeah it, yes. it's it's it. 
like there's plenty of movies where it's just the original plus another one which is what the nun yeah. is where it yeah. the, the sequel feels no point but like in some ca- cases the sequel can still be fun yes. and they can still like do something i don't know maybe mildly interesting or at least turn your brain off and have fun with mm-hmm. it like the friday the 13th movies are so fucking low budget and so fucking schlocky right but they're at least efficient at what they do and i can understand why like those films have like a stronger audience or fan base even though most of those films are just J- jason plus another one and occasionally yeah. they do something really stupid like like send him into space but <laughs> yes in this movie it's like i i genuinely do not un- like know who the fuck would like this yeah yeah this it's is- very it's a nothing so, movie. Yeah, it's it it is kind of just nothing. It does feel it I mean, it's it's a horror movie that you go see to make out with your girlfriend in like the back like yes. well. You know, like it's it's that kind of movie basically, which is what a lot of the conjuring verse has been to to be fair. Um for for me, I do think that like so like there's one specific shot in the movie that was in all the trailers, because it is a compelling and like creative shot, and it's the magazine stand shot. Yes. Um, but they kind of fumbled the bag in the actual execution in the movie because the editing in the trailer was like very dramatic, kind of quiet, kind of like, and they just turned it into this like frenetic, loud mess in the movie. And it was very just like yeah, you trim that scene I, and remove the music, and it could have been an actual like and it's, spooky affected scene. Yeah, exactly. But they 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 ruined it, frankly. Um, and then Lee also pointed out the fact that the build up to that scene, there's fucking letters in every shot to spell out Valak, and it's at yeah. that point where I I, yeah. I I went from mostly indifferent to this movie to <laughs> I fucking hate it. Yeah. It's not La Llorona um, bad. It's not yeah. Conjuring 3 bad. But yeah. god damn it, I hate this movie. So so one of the big things with this movie is that like, you know, and like part of the reason why James hates the fucking, you know, little Valak in Valak spelled on the walls like Easter egg thing um is because like the Conjuring movie that she originates from established that like when you know a demon's name, you have power over them. So like we we already know the demon's name. We've known for quite a while. I don't think the characters do, no. but we do. And it's just kind of like you're not teaching us anything new about this demon that is interesting. No. They try to. They try to add this like Saint Lucy subplot where like she's oh. trying to get the eyes of like the eyes of Saint Lucy are buried in this under this old monastery in Hungary, which surprise, surprise, was turned into the school that Frenchie's at. Um, and like basically, like the whole so, like, first of all, there were a lot of weird musical choices. Uh, we already mentioned the romantic ch- musical choices when the uh, when Frenchie and Sophie were interacting, but also there's like heist music occasionally when like the two nuns are doing stuff yeah, this, this, and like this, this, it sounds yeah. like an ocean's 11 these two like, movies these two movies are so it's yeah. such a fucking tonal whiplash yeah of, like, it's like tonally of, like, it doesn't treats, understand what it's trying to do it treats the catholic church 
like the <laughs> mafia or the CIA. Because, like, yeah. there's the first film where, like, Father Burke is being briefed and, like, sliding him the dossier across the table mm-hmm. and being all dramatic and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. like, in this film, like, the cardinal or, or bishop or whatever who's briefing who's br- briefing Formiga is just sitting there eating dinner like an Italian mob boss, briefing yeah, his know, underlings yeah, like, about, yeah, I want you to, yeah. want you to get the She's, papers, make them enough that they can't refuse. Yeah, they're literally, they're li- they were literally like, oh, this, the, the, like, this important guy wants to see you, and they bring her immediately to, like, him eating dinner, and I'm like, wow, power move. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> this Valak schmuck is just, is disgracing <laughs> the name of our good family. Remember in The Exorcist, where Father Damien asks to do an exorcism, and it's just, he goes to the one priest's office? And it's mm-hmm. just casual setting, and, and then, and then, mm-hmm. then the other exorcist goes to, or the other priest goes to the higher up priest, and it's just them in like an office in the church. Yeah, because that's what most fucking most things that happen in the church just happen in fucking like very nondescript offices, because that's the entire fucking church, guys. Yeah, there's no sliding dossiers or fucking no. like Italian like most, mafioso. Most shit. of them don't work in castles. Like, <laughs> I I want to play devil's advocate for a minute here. Mm-hmm. Uh, now this might just because I, I I'm a shameless I'm a shameless fan of Edge Lord anime masterpiece Helsing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, I love the trope that the Catholic Church has like a hidden sect of paladin. Oh, sure. I love it too. I if this sure movie did that. If well, this movie we're not did that. that. You're you're reading too far into this like bullshit I'm where they're just like <laughs> They're just like, yeah, this is how they operate in also, broad daylight. Also, it's like, no, 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 no. Also, hold Please on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm actually upset with you, Lee. You, <laughs> you said playing devil's advocate. You should have said playing devil's advocate. You hack. <laughs> we were so close, boys. <laughs> we're so close. Like, if, like, look, if, if this, okay. if this, if this movie was about a secret sect of fucking paladin clerics fighting okay. demons and shit i'd Lee, be down have you seen have you seen the pope's exorcist no not yet okay i think you need to i think we should watch the pope's exorcist next because okay. it's not a good movie um but oh, they they portray father of mort like basically like that like he's just some fucking traveling paladin where he just like doesn't give yeah. a fuck all anymore. i know all yes. i know about it it's is really it's, funny all i know about it is it's russell crowe and like 60 percent of his scenes are like driving a vespa <laughs> yeah. okay not 60 percent, but yes what he drives a little vespa and it's for? we should be watching this movie <laughs> look Hell look yeah. what are we Hell recording yeah. this shit for we could have been watching david fincher's the killer that's that's true. And we watched Ooh, the nun. Is that our next double feature? Did we just come up with the next goon cast right now? Well, I was gonna do it. I was Y'all waiting. Are watching magic happen. <laughs> I, I was waiting for uh, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon to drop, and we do a double. Oh, we do double a Fincher Scorsese double that, feature. Yeah, that's a good. I'm with that. Yeah, that's a good plan, actually. Double See, the killers. folks. This is how we choose the pairings for these goon casts. <laughs> it's shit. It's top of the hat. It's nothing more elaborate. It's <laughs> no. it's. It's um, usually somebody suggests something that is either good or terrible, and oh, then yeah. then no we in between. then 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 we pair it with something else, or yeah. we just we just shit it out like Irish Island or whatever. Hell yeah! All right, I need to rant about one last thing with this movie. Lay it on um, me. And it was so like for the most part, I was I was pretty ambivalent toward this film. 
Um, because I do feel like, one, it's not as bad as the director's previous works. Um, because Conjuring 3 was a fucking nightmare and I hated the other, I forget what the other one. La Llorona. It's at least better than La Llorona. Yeah. Yes. It's at least better than Conjuring 3. It's definitely better than La Llorona. Yes. So like, so that's fine. The ultimate climax of the movie is, uh, Valak gets his hands on the fucking, on the eyes uh, because Frenchie has longer arms than the two nuns, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. he manages to absorb it and become, you know, a, a stand user, essentially. Super yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's basically like them fighting possessed Frenchie and super Valak. And his stand, uh, Mariana Cross. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, but, but they're in like the basement of like a, this bell tower in the, in the fucking old monastery, whatever. Um, and they realize that, like, there's a bunch of wine that has been spilled from, like, that was, like, being stored in barrels down here. And so the two, the two nuns, who I believe are not actually, like, officially nuns yet. I think they're, or no, one of them. One of them is. Irene is a nun. Irene is a nun, but the other (laughs) one is still novitiate, right? Yeah. So they decide that they're like, hey, we've got all this wine. Like and and they basically have like a like oh this is wine moment and I was going no don't do it no don't, don't do, do it, it. <laughs> don't do it so they have the two nuns consecrate the wine so that it's holy and now the blood of Christ so that it explodes and takes out Valak now many of you might be saying okay that seems a little extra but I don't see a problem with that the Catholics in the audience are the you know, recovering Catholics in the audience are probably cringing the same way I did because nuns can't fucking consecrate the Eucharist. Hey, you keep Mm -hmm. the, you, you keep the damn patriarchy out of this. (laughs) It is, it is cycling it it back. Literally. It's literally in our fucking dogma or in Catholic fucking dogma that the only way to do transubstantiation, which is the, the, you know, changing the bo- the the bread and the wine into the body and blood of Jesus which is literally what they believe happens i was raised in this for fucking decades <laughs> it like it can only be done by an ordained priest mm-hmm. that is it there there i think was like one exception made at some point on like a mission trip in like the 80s or 90s i remember hearing about this because we've talked about it, we talked about it in catholic school where it's like why can't nuns give the eucharist they can give it they can't consecrate consecrate it and there was one time where like women were ordained as priests because it was a mission trip and it was like an emergency because like the one priest that was available like was like on his deathbed or something like that so in order to like administer last rites these nuns were ordained so that they could uh you know they could give the eucharist they could consecrate the eucharist and give it as like a final thing Mm-hmm. But that's not what's fucking happening here. <laughs> They're just like they literally read the rite, like as you know, as you do at a, at any Catholic mass, and it's and it's implied that like, oh, this is now holy. It's now the blood of Christ. Now we can defeat this demon. No. <laughs> I got I got two more brief things to mention, and then I okay. never want to speak of this piece of shit ever again. Yeah, my um, rant is over. <laughs> The first is, of course, the ending where where Valak explodes, as Kat said, mm-hmm. and Frenchie yeah. is saved. 
except for again this is a fucking lie this is pointless because we know he's not he's still fucking possessed somehow and valak isn't fucking dead because he's mm -hmm. she's still possessing frenchie and valak dies in conjuring too or whatever even though it's a demon i don't think demons can be fucking killed they can just be sent back to hell or it's, whatever yeah they just go back to hell and it's dumb it's stupid it's pointless this movie is a waste of time and then the mid credit scene happens where where Ed and Lorraine Warren just show up and answer the phone and are like, we got to get ready. And then it just cuts. I was like, what is this? He, is this setting up going to, to, to interact with Frenchie? Is this setting up Conjuring I, 4? Is this setting up? Like, is this, what, is this yeah, setting, is setting this up setting fucking up? like anything? What is the point of this outside of just, hey, remember the Warrens? Yeah. It's literal. It was literally trying to be like this is the this is the this is the Conjuring Avengers <laughs> coming yeah, to town. I, I, I think it was to bring us full circle to the beginning of Conjuring One. Yeah, but still. It's but like, still, why? it's like no. And and Conjuring One was they were exercising him in an insane asylum, so it still doesn't bring us full circle <laughs> because he's cured. <laughs> So they were just like, eh, fuck Conjuring One. <laughs> it's, it's don't watch this movie. It's a piece of shit. No. Just just watch no. Conjuring One and Two and then pretend I haven't seen any of the Annabelle movies. I do want to see them at some point so I can pass judgment on them. But I'm assuming they're just as terrible. Right. I'm assuming yeah, they're terrible. There's one there's one of them that's a passable film and the rest of them are kind of garbage. Just 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 stick with Conjuring One and Two. Stick with and, Axum. And then watch <laughs> Wish Upon. Oh That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fuck this movie. Yeah. All right, so I think the verdicts are: don't watch The Exorcist Believer. Correct. Watch FNAF, surprisingly. Surprisingly enough, yeah. And don't watch The Nun too. <laughs> Absolutely, don't watch The Nun too. Yeah. Yeah. FNAF is FNAF is a an enjoyable film, even if maybe you won't get scared, maybe you won't enjoy the you know weird Five Nights at Freddy's lore. Yeah, that it's, is, it's that it's, runs deep, but but it's, you'll it's, have fun. It's a charming enough. <laughs> movie that's that's got like it's it's fine enough for kids even though it's a little yeah. intense it's pg-13 it's not hard say yeah the only good thing i could say about none too is i thought the cinematography was mostly all right when it wasn't too dark um and the only good thing i could say about exodus believer is that the first like act and maybe like the first half of act two actually would have been a solid film the only good thing i can say about exorcist believer is at least a scholarship was founded by it and okay, only, that's, that's true too. And the only good thing I can say about The Nun 2 is a furry in blackface went really hard. Phrases that you didn't think you were going to hear on the All right, I guess, I guess for context, at one yeah, point a fucking say. at one point a fucking goat demon thing shows up uh -huh. unexplained, they, unexpectedly. They you don't of, know what they, the fuck it is. It just shows uh, up. Okay, no no no. You actually you I think I thought it was really... the thing from Annabelle. No, 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 either you or Lee actually mentioned because they, they, uh, the bully characters had like a moment with Sophie in like the closet where they were talking about like, oh, defy the devil. It's like a, you know, it's like the, he'll show up as a goat and fucking murder you. Something yeah. Like I think that. that was the payoff for that, but yes. it was really stupid. It's really <laughs> stupid. It doesn't matter. The fucking, it shows up out of the fucking blue. It and, sure does. And it's a fucking, it's, it's clearly a man in like, like <laughs> shitty prosthetics and shitty like like fur glued to him or whatever mm -hmm. uh and it like i, I guess maybe it's, since it's possibly not cgi kudos for that but they have him running around like a fucking goddamn gorilla 
It's like Shakma, like a little monkey chasing you around, except for it's some fucking goat man thing. And the first thing I could think of, because I, I can't remember what you guys were, were, were. I think you guys were making goat boy jokes or something like that. Um, For sure it was. Yeah. The, the only thing I could think of when I saw it was just, it looked like a furry, somebody in a fursuit in blackface. Because that's what it looks yep. like. It's so bad. Yeah. yeah. It's so it looks, bad. It looks, it looks really bad. Luckily, uh, <laughs> most of the shots it's in are very dark, so you don't see it that often. But yeah, that first shot was yeah. just like, oh, and guys, it also you has, did not think that through. It, it also has cur- curled horns, and it somehow manages <laughs> to impale somebody through a door with its curled horns. So we can only oh, assume yeah. that it 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 hung upside down on the ste- ceiling with its back facing <laughs> the door and, and head-butted the back of his skull against the door to get the sure. horn to impale the lady. Oh, yeah. I don't it was, care. It was rough. <laughs> so yeah. We, don't, we lived, we lived don't deliciously. <laughs> Yeah, so you don't have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, y'all. What uh, what you been up to since the last uh last episode? Uh, I'll 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 go first because it's pretty pretty quick. Uh, mm-hmm. played this short proof of concept horror game called Don't Scream. Um, the, oh god, the gimmick is um, it's basically a walking sim jump scare simulator. But the gimmick mm. is um, your microphone is connected to the game. And uh, if so the, alien if, isolation. Yeah, if if the game detects you making noise above a certain threshold that it constitutes as a scream, mm-hmm. um, you get a game over and have to start. And you have to walk, I think it's like, I don't know, 18 minutes. But the timer only s- starts when you're walking and it only goes when you're walking. And this game's microphone settings are even more fucked up than Faz's. Like, I I was, like, not making any fucking noise, and it was acting as if it was making noise. And there's even one instance where I wasn't even saying anything, and I just died immediately. And it's like, I loaded in and died, and I wasn't even talking, because they're like, oh, yeah, you could talk in a whisper. But it's like... This is dumb. This is stupid. This is like mm-hmm. the the idea is potentially oh, like fine for for you know the the YouTube spooky people who get startled at everything or whatever. But for me, it's like yeah. For me, there's I I'm not gonna get spooked by this shit. But like mm-hmm. if I can't, there was I was talking like this, mm-hmm. and it would consider it a scream. So it's like I had to put it like the microphone to its lowest possible setting. And it's like for the and the game could barely register it. And it's like I'm mm-hmm. sure some people would be like, "Oh, that's cheating." It's like, "What do you want from me, man? I put mm-hmm. it up any higher and I'm not saying anything and it counts as a yeah. scream." This is yeah. this is dumb. Um mm-hmm. anyways, uh yeah, it was it was dumb. Don't play it. Uh and then the last thing that I will bring up is uh I got a key for and finished a game called You Will Die Here Tonight. And it's a rogue light uh, horror game. That's kind of a throwback to um, old school survival horror. Uh, it's sort of a mix of like a top-down setting, and then when you go into combat, it kind of gets to a more arcadey House of the Dead style thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's heavily inspired by the first Resident Evil. Uh, military squad goes to a mansion, and there's zombies and shit like that. The big kicker, though, is I don't want to get too much into spoiler territory or whatnot. Um, there's permadeath 
So it's mm. like if one of your squad dies, they they you know will come back as a zombie, and you have to you know like deal with that. Uh, it's fine. It it was a more interesting and fun <coughs> little throwback than Nightmare of Decay, which was just references nonstop and it had no identity. This actually kind of has a unique plot going on, but I don't think the plot was as fleshed out as it could have been because it seems like a lot of stuff was left uh, vague in an unsatisfying way and there's just a handful of gameplay elements that were kind of annoying. Like, you actually can't manually swap between characters. You have to actually allow one of your characters to die before you can swap to the next one, as far as I can tell. And that's mostly frustrating because a handful of characters can do specific abilities that the others can't. So it's like, you cannot upgrade any weaponry unless you play as one specific character. Or you cannot create your own custom healing kits without playing as one character. And like to get the true ending, you have to play as two other characters and do specific puzzles as those characters. It's like, it's a little tilting and frustrating to to like try to, to 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 lock that like if you allow me to swap characters on a whim then at least i could like it, it's 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 more player favoring and it's not dumb it's like well i'm i i i upgraded my weapons and i want to do this puzzle to access the true ending better go kill myself Aww. is it's kind of dumb but I'll, you know yeah. it's overall it was, it's fine it's fun spooky okay. cool Good shit. Uh, uh, we... I I've had a I've had a lean uh, a lean run lately, so I'll just throw mine out there. Um, uh, I have mentioned it on the podcast before when we've done uh, the Golden Roccos, um, but a new season of Dragula has started. This Ooh. was the uh, horror themed drag competition that. I was super big on after its fourth season and then super mm -hmm. disappointed with after it's like heavy hitters. They called it Titans uh, episodes, mm -hmm. uh, but they've started their official fifth season. They only have two episodes out so far and Ooh. it is a, it is a good field. There's some okay. stiff competition. I'm excited to see how it plays out. Cool. They're leaning a little more towards the artistic direction than the catty bitchiness direction, which was my major criticism about the show. Mm-hmm. So it's looking good so far. My early pick for victory is Throb Zombie. So we're going to see how that, uh, nice. how that plays out for Throb. Nice. So that's been great so far. Um, I I honestly haven't been doing a whole hell of a lot, which I'm kind of okay with. Um, mm -hmm. I have been working a lot on a book lately, and mm -hmm. a lot of my spare time just kind of goes towards writing that. Um I wish there was uh I wish there was some kind of juicy little tidbit about something I could throw out there but I will say because I do want to talk about something tangentially related uh Saber has been playing Alan Wake 2 mm. and because of Alan Wake 2 I've been digging on the new EP from the old gods of Asgard Nice nice It is just a 3 song EP but holy fuck is it spicy Hell yeah. It's spicy. It's spicy. Uh, it's the uh, alter ego uh, personas of one of our favorite bands, Poets of the Fall. And it's uh, just very, very proggy, uh, 
proggy rock and roll just you know not too heavy not too light just right in that sweet spot with the most i mean the most underrated vocalist in rock today marco Soresto. Mm-hmm. um fucking great other than that not a whole lot cat what you got going on well i too am trying to get some writing done for this lovely yeah. national novel writing month but um NaNoWriMo, baby yeah yeah uh it's going okay um so but i have also um been able to carve out some time to do a couple of things um i watched there is a new hell house llc sequel. Oh, i've been wanting to watch this <laughs> So I don't know if you've seen any of the other there's like I think I think this is the fourth movie in this. Yeah, franchise. I've watched the first one. Yeah, so um so yeah, I've seen I've seen all of them. <laughs> um and they're obviously of pretty varying quality. This one was it was okay. Mostly like it it did tie into the Abaddon, but it most of it took place in like a house. And I'm kind of like Hey guys, part of the interesting thing about this particular franchise is that it's like a haunted attraction that is also right. that is really haunted, you know, or really a gateway to hell or whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's like if it's just a house that's tangentially related to the hotel that has a, you know, has some people doing like spooky Halloween style uh, you know, um showmanship in it like it's not really it's kind of just a found footage movie now right um but it was it was fun it was still fun um then uh in terms of so i as part of my like writing stuff i I like to have like background noise so i found i found a tv show that is providing excellent background noise even though it's like it never lets up the gas and every single scene is as dramatic as fucking possible. <laughs> um, I started watching, it's called designated survivor. Okay. And it's, it's a, it's a like political drama where Kiefer Sutherland is a like cabinet member or Senator or something like that, where he's like, he's the guy who's like stuck in a room while like all of Congress and the president and stuff are meeting at the Capitol building and surprise, surprise, the first scene of the show is the Capitol building gets bombed and everyone in it dies. Oh, yeah, so, I like, heard about this. The, the whole government is gone in an instant. And it's like it's about like, you know, him as the new president trying yeah. to like pick up the pieces and reconstruct everything and figure out who attacked us and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, again, it's like a mile a minute. It's fucking hilarious <laughs> yeah the setup is I, uh i can't remember the name yeah. of it but like the setup of designated it is... survivor no 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 i'm, I'm talking oh. about the thing that uh the setup is similar to a, uh, one of the tom clancy movies not movies books actually where like the entire oh. the entirety of like congress or like mm-hmm. the president command. is like killed off mm-hmm. and the head yeah, of the right, the head of the cia ends up who's J- uh, uh jack ryan the head of the cia ends up becoming president because of it because oh. of this giant terrorist attack oh amazing yeah so it's like that was one of the thing where i was like oh it's it's like that one jack yeah. ryan book except for but, it's it's with a different political position and it's keeper yeah, sutherland and it's and it's keeper sutherland so like i i basically jumped on it because i'm just like hey it's keeper sutherland it feels like it might be 24 adjacent that sounds like exactly the perfect thing to just kind of like focus 
Sure. Um, and it and it is. So it was it was yeah. It's 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 fun. It's stupid and fun. Um, and I love it. And um, the other the other thing I've been doing is I've been doing I've been doing a lot of gaming. Um, mostly I just like you know while I'm working, uh, I will have like a you know an hour lunch break, hour and a half lunch break, and I'll scoot my chair over and pop into Baldur's for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, which I uh, I did get a hundred percent of the achievements for. Yes. So now I'm like putting it away, which is kind of sad for me, but I might come back and platinum it on playstation maybe but we'll see um the other thing so uh i i did platinum spider-man 2 recently which was pretty good uh i am not um i'm not a big fan of the combat for those games so i had it just on very easy um just to kind of like breeze through it um, and it was very doable on very easy. And I had I had a really fun time just like swinging around the city. And the story was like compelling enough. Um, I don't think it's necessarily like anything to write. Like it's not it's not going to be on my game of the year or my, you know, top 10 of the year list. Uh, but it was definitely entertaining. And yeah, I have a lot of friends who worked on it. So I'm like, and James actually is one of them. So yeah, no comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm just like, I'm just like, hey, it was. It was fine. It was decent. Um, and then uh, I played the new Modern Warfare 3. Oh. Um, let, so let loose all your frustrations. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't pay money for either of these. I got them um, as free codes from uh, my job. But um, yeah, so Modern Warfare 3, uh, I know there's been a bunch of discussions online, a bunch of like rumors swirling and stuff that like, it was originally planned as DLC and it was like expanded on and apparently like people have both confirmed and denied it from the dev team. So I'm just going to say it's like it's rumors right now. There's a lot of evidence that seems to indicate that it was originally DLC, especially given the trophy list and the lack of the platinum and all that stuff. Um, the most the, the first egregious thing that happened was that downloading the campaign made me download something called Call of Duty Hub. Yeah, it's Which, it's part of uh, Activision's like a, new thing of trying to unify all of COD. Yes, yes, and it's like it's basically a Warzone storefront. Basically, so yeah. essentially, essentially, me trying to play the single player game that I, you know, that is the thing I was interested in, uh, tried to trick me. Basically, like hid hid my single player experience behind a bunch of different menus that were all trying to trick me into buying like a battle pass. So immediately off to a really bad start. Um, second. A lot of the, like, the game is really short. It is, I spent five hours total, and I would say probably an hour of that was shitposting to these two guys, <laughs> um, doing, like, you know, random meme shit. Uh, then the other thing is that, like, the missions are all very, like, Warzone light. And, you know, like, we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, and, like, I think, or, I, yeah, we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, where I really liked the original Modern Warfare trilogy. Um, it was, it's like fucking batshit insane. Uh, but it's really fun. And specifically, I enjoyed, like, obviously the, ca- like, Price and Soap are, like, great characters. So you just, you, you, you know, you get to enjoy those characters. But part of it was also that, like, hey, 
those characters do something big and then you play as like a random fucking grunt somewhere in the world who's like dealing with the fallout of that. Ramirez! Yeah. Do everything. Yes, yes exactly. But like that's that's kind of the thing where it's just like, hey, this is actually kind of cool. That's completely done away with in this franchise in this trilogy. It's just like you're just all you care about is the one four one, right? All you want to play as is the one four one and their allies, right? Like you don't care. All you're doing is like the fucking like you know like, and that's the thing. Like they kind of they don't really lean too far into the zero dark thirty shit, which was like the one good mission in like the first game. Um, but they lean into these kind of like es- more espionage missions, like more one man army type stuff, where it's just like that actually isn't really the interesting part of modern warfare, like of the original trilogy. Um, so yeah, there's that, and then um. Yeah, the ending was terrible, and... You're lucky you were even uh, able to start it, too. I saw this Oh, one, yeah, apparently. I saw this yeah. one video uh, on Twitter of Dr. Disrespect trying to stream the campaign, and mm. he clicks start campaign, and then it just booted him back to the main menu. Jeez. And he was trapped in this loop for two minutes. He's like, how the fuck <laughs> do I start the game? What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. You're not allowed to play. Yeah, yeah. It's, Give it's, us your money. Go fuck it, it, it seems... And, uh, like I I haven't played it myself, so I don't know, and I don't work at Activision, so I yeah. don't know anything. And even if I did, I couldn't say anything. Yeah. Uh, but just everything seems to be. This was an incredibly rushed fucking product. Yes. yes. Like e- even excluding like and, like personal and, okay. preferences of like I dislike the narrative or the mission yes. structure. Yes. It's yes. just buggy. It's, no, I mean if it's it's buggy and it feels right, and I. And I will say, I w- it feels rushed on like all fronts because narrative-wise too, it feels like they had to make something, so they just like spat it out, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, the, um, the the word that the, I heard the, was some other COD game was struggling and it got delayed, and Activision mm, refused yeah. to let out a because I have my own theory as to why the game came out in the fucking way it did, and that's because mm-hmm. of the fucking Microsoft merger, because. All the execs are probably going to get shit canned. We know Bobby Kodak's going at the end of the year, right? Mm-hmm. And this is not the first time in this industry, or even any industry, where they rush out a product in order to make mad money before a deal closes. Like, in this industry, from, from what I watched from Matt McMuscle's video, that's why Blood 2 is in the state that it's in. Yeah. Its publisher was being bought out, and they needed it out the door yeah. ASAP. In order to, so, to, to maximize profits. Yeah. And I, I will say that, like, I think that I think that the, like, art is still really good. Like, there is still, like, the devs who worked on this game still, I think, did a good job. Like, they they did the best I think they could have, given the constraints that they were on. They were presumably under. Um, it's very clear that like there's a there's some new direction with the way that they want to do level design for these, where they're just making them basically like they're redoing Warzone maps and using them as single player maps, just filling them with bots and like putting in script logic. And it's kind of like okay, I can see how that would be an effective like cost cutting tool. I could see how that would be an effective like hey, you're playing through the a story thing that happens in this mode that you've. It's it's really not working though, guys. Like it's just. It's just not compelling to play through. I heard that's um, also what zombies is going to be. There's no, there's yeah. no new zombie map. It's literally just yeah. the previous which, Warzone map, but now with which zombies. again I get it, but like damn guys. Um, 
And then the other thing that I wanted to mention, because bringing back um, to like our uh, villain, like best villains thing, like because Makarov, the original Makarov was on my list for that. Because I, right. I really like the way he's like portrayed in those original trilogies. Sorry, Lee, what were you going to say? No, I was, just, I, I, was, I was remembering your list. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, but this, and I'm not like, I'm definitely biased. So I'm not going to be like, oh, like this one's so much worse because I have nostalgia for the original. Because he's not worse. It's just that they did exactly what they've done with so many other cool villains recently. Mo like most in my most like freshest in my mind being vicious in the live action cowboy bebop <laughs> and sephiroth in the final fantasy 7 remakes where they think oh this is a cool villain let's put more of him on screen mm -hmm. like let's just let's give him more scenes and more dialogue and more things to do and guys when i am stuck in a level where i have to essentially like forced walk behind an, an, an enemy npc who i've captured and is now yammering his fucking political ideology at me i'm like this is not interesting like this is not like and i i i have thought about like going back through the original trilogy and kind of like just like seeing just how much screen time he actually gets and like because i'm pretty sure like there are moments I know where he just like talks at you in like a section. Like I know specifically in like the Yuri flashbacks, I think that's what happens. Yeah, it's but, but they, they for also the had most part. They also had more setup with Makarov because they introduced him in Modern Warfare Two. Well, but yes, his but only on-screen appearance in Modern Warfare Two is in no, no Russian. Russian, and then yes, you don't exactly. hear from him again until you, Price you calls him, him up to find where Shepard exactly, is. Exactly, exactly. You hear from him on the phone, and I think and to find Shepard, and I think that's it. I yep. think he he shows up twice in his first game, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, that that's kind of how you do a villain compellingly. And I'm not gonna, you know, like, cause okay, spoiler alert, but Soap dies in this one again. Um, and I'm not gonna say that like. The because I know I remember specifically when Modern Warfare 3 came out, a lot of people were mad about Soap's death because his last words are like Intel, and it's kind of like that's kind of stupid. Um, but it was done really badly in this one, too, <laughs> guys. Yeah, it's God. like I, I'm like, bitter about the first game with Soap's death because I thought mm -hmm. it happened too early and I wasn't a fan of the circumstances behind it, exactly. But yes. At the same time. We had three games worth of buildup with Soap. Exactly. And exactly. That's more the biggest thing is that like they they built up Gaz instead for this trilogy because they, they didn't introduce Soap in the first game. They were just like, it's Price and Gaz, basically. So I was kind of thinking, okay, maybe they'll turn it on his head. Maybe Gaz is the one who died. But no, they introduced Soap. You only really get to know him in this game. And then they kill him, pretending like we're supposed to care about yeah, that. It's, be pretending it's because like we've of the known fact this that, character. As yeah. I was mentioning to you, off stream uh, or off 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 cast multiple times, inexplicably they've decided to incorporate narrative elements into Warzone and oh. make them canonical. Oh my like, god, dude! Modern the, Warfare the One of... ends with a tease for Zakayev, and we're like, oh, uh -huh. Zakayev is going to be the main bad guy of Modern Warfare yep. Two. And then yeah. what happens? Oh, he's the bad guy of Warzone, and he's killed in Warzone. Yeah, he's killed in a Warzone season. Yeah. Oh, 
James, the fucking, the frustration I felt when not one, but two characters that died in previous games in, in Modern Warfare 1 and 2 are just inexplicably back in yeah. Modern Warfare 3 with no, with no explanation. Literally, like, Graves, who was, like, the, the, the basically the twist villain of 2, the sort of shepherd stand-in, if you will, um, he's just back. He blew up in a tank last fucking game, but he's back, and they make like one comment about it and then they're just like don't worry about it and they yeah. keep going and, then, and i'm like no guys like you can't you can't do that shit and then alex was fucking he stayed yeah. behind for the stupid heroic sacrifice in modern warfare one and exploded and then, just brought him and back then in yeah and it's like my guys this is this is fucking dumb like yeah i'm i'm genuinely half expecting soap to be back next game yeah same like, the, the other they they shot him in the head twice but I expect him to be back. They, that's one of the other things, too, is on top of just you have more time to build up soap. You have more time to build up the camaraderie between soap and price. Because, like, look, as as much as, like, Call of Duty and even the original Modern Warfare trilogy get dunked on, right? Mm -hmm. The whole shit, the little mini arc between soap and price and the M1911 across mm -hmm. all three games... It's mm -hmm. strong fucking storytelling. It's Price's yeah. sidearm in Modern Warfare 1. And then at the end of the game, after like when everything is hitting the fan and shit's going down and your team is all fucked up and Zakayev is trying to kill, he's killing Griggs, he's killing Gaz, he's about to kill Price. Price slides you the M1911, his pistol, and you pick it up and you kill Zakayev. And then Price is arrested and taken into a gulag. And then for Modern Warfare 2, Soap is your 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 commanding officer because you're primarily playing as Roach. And then when you rescue Price from the gulag, the very first fucking thing Soap does is he pulls out that same 1911 and gives it to Price. And it's like, oh, that's that's a cute little Easter egg and, and reference for fans to get without like making a big deal out of it. Like they don't call yeah. super attention to it. And then yeah. when Soap fucking dies in Modern Warfare 3. First thing Price does, he pulls out his 1911 and shoves it in Soap's hands and rests it on his chest. Because, like, there's a bond between the two of them. And there's a bond mm -hmm. with this stupid little gun. And it's like, mm -hmm. this is a nice little thing, something far deeper, I think, than most people would expect in a Call of Duty game. Mm -hmm. I'm not expect I, as someone who hasn't yet, yet, yet to play the new Modern Warfare 2 or 3, I'm not expecting anything like that. Because everything's mm -hmm. happening in fucking Warzone, which I don't want to no. fucking yeah. play. Yeah, it doesn't, it, yeah, it, and, and frankly, like, they chose to focus the franchise elsewhere. Like, they chose to focus on something else, but then they're just like, oh, just kidding, we need to, we need the nostalgia points, let's bring it all back. So there's, like, there's a really, like, lukewarm, like, microwaved version rehash of No Russian in this that is, like, I did watch the scene of that, and it's, it's, it, ugh. like, granted, like, I don't know what they could have done. I don't know what they could but, have done either, and I think like, if I, this was not in a Call of Duty game, it yeah. would have been a fine enough scene, but it's like, yeah. I have a novel idea, maybe just do something different entirely and don't try to copy No Russian if you're not yeah. going to do No Russian. Exactly, exactly. It's just like, just, you don't, don't do it. I mean, honestly, the fucking, the, 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 the second terrorist attack that you fucking foil in the, like, flashback with, like, the, when they when they finally ca catch Makarov, uh, is probably a better like s scary set piece, no Russian like homage, than than what they 
gave us like in the modern day thing. It's like it's just like this is it was it was so lame and I yeah. I'm just like it was lame. <laughs> they basically jammed no Russian with the uh the when they The um, president's plane in modern they crashed the, Yeah, they crashed the president's plane, yeah. So it's it seems like so a really I should expect, shitty to, I should expect to see this in the Golden Roccos. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's going in there. And like the thing is, like, I feel bad dunking on it because I know how hard fucking game dev is. And I know that this what this is clearly the product of a an absolute shit decision from like way up top. Yeah, I I, but, I feel bad for the developers, guys. but I don't feel bad for for dunking on it. it I, I do want to play it. That's primarily because fuck Activision. Yeah, they're they're charging seventy dollars for yes. a four-hour unfinished, half-baked campaign, and a buggy war zone and a buggy multiplayer mode. There's yep. no and for you like again as I as I pointed out to you because Modern Warfare three technically came came out to the 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 normies the poor people on yes. Friday. November tenth. Yes. The only yeah. way people could start playing it on the third is if they dropped money for like the exclusive vault edition, which is like ninety to one hundred and fifty bucks or whatever. So you had you're paying ninety, and from what I gather, multiplayer was inaccessible. You could only play a single player. Yeah. So you're paying ninety to one hundred and fifty bucks for a four hour half baked unfinished campaign. That yep. effectively feels like a, a a DLC expansion. There was one I, I I think it was Reddit or maybe it was Twitter. I saw it in Young Yeah's video where it's like Activision charges seventy bucks for a four hour campaign, which feels like DLC, mm-hmm. <coughs> versus Capcom charging ten bucks for yes, a five hour DLC that also yeah. has bonuses. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, it's it's. It's very much also like it's one of those like they can't keep getting away with this kind of things yeah. because like honestly like I'm I'm bummed at the developers having, you know, having to deal with this stuff. I'm not bummed at the company having yeah, to do I, this I stuff do, I because hope... I really I truly hope it actually affects their bottom line and they don't get to fucking do this kind of crap again because I hope this kind of shit goes the way of loot boxes where do not release games every fucking year. Give people time to make something good. <laughs> my my hope make is sure, make sure Game Freak gets that memo, please. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. My hope oh, yeah. my hope is that with the Activision buyout, Microsoft will step in and maybe offer more support and maybe go like, hey, you don't need to get this shit out every fucking year. Yeah. Like, and especially a sequel, a direct sequel oh. in within the span of one fucking year. Fuck mm-hmm. off. Stop it. It's the yeah. same thing. Like, it just stop this annualization of shit. Even with sports yeah. games where it's literally just the sca- same game, but with an updated roster. Stop mm-hmm. it. Stop it. I yeah. It. All right. But anyway, yeah, that's what I've been up to for the most part. Oh, um, I also started uh, Near Automata, finally, after years of being bothered to start it. Um, I have many thoughts but I will keep them to myself for a later date once I've <laughs> either finished or completely given up on the game. So Copy that's your that. that's your teaser for how well it's going. 
I love it. <laughs> I love how divisive it is. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm I'm literally giving it a fair shake because I know I'm not I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum. I know how much you two care about this game. It is just so not my kind of game <laughs> that I'm really struggling. Totally but understandable. I, but I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. Totally understandable. Yeah. So anyway. All right, you savages. Which one of us uh, wants to take them out? Well, not me. Well, fuck it. I'll do it. This has been okay. your boy, Lee Alder. They call me the Valley Jester. You can catch me at twitch.tv slash Valley Jester. Um, I am going to be cooking up something for December what? What? to stream. Um, well, I, well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't really have an occasion for it. I just know it's been a, a hot minute since I've streamed it. So I might be breaking out a playthrough of other side. Ooh, nice yeah so we'll see Excellent. we'll see how that goes we'll see you know we'll see if i stick with it cool uh and i'm cat okay the attack cat i don't have any streaming plans i uh plan to keep i mean if anybody's interested in watching me play Baldur's gate for the 800th time i'll do it hey. <laughs> um but you know i'm just kind of like hey. i'm just i'm just chilling occasionally streaming with james on his channel we're doing we did bloodborne yesterday we're gonna do mermaid swamp again next week um always down for fouls so that's basically that's how i contribute to this this squad dead kids and furries and blackface i'm done <laughs> you heard it here folks Dead kids, furries, and blackface. Good night. Catch you everyone. next time, fuckers.